I don't know if I told you yet, but I have a book that recently came out called Manifesting with Purpose, and it hit international bestseller only days after being released on Amazon. I've co-authored it with three other amazing coaches and women entrepreneurs, and it's all about sharing our personal stories and practical tools to help you align with your soul's desire. It is possible to live your most fulfilled life. For more information on the book, follow the link in the show notes of this episode. to the Empower From Within podcast presented to you by Trezal. I'm your host, Jessica West, founder of Trezal, creative entrepreneur and author. Every week on the show, I share an empowering message or interview an incredible individual to help you discover the limitless power you have within yourself to reach for your greatest desires and create the life that's truly worth living on your terms. Self-empowerment begins now. Hi there, happy Valentine's Day and welcome to today's bonus episode. You might remember my friend and co-author Lauren Lowrance from episode three. I invited her back on the podcast today for a special episode all about relationships. Lauren and her husband are high school sweethearts. They've been together since they were 16 years old and they have three beautiful children together that they love with all their heart. Lauren's also a passionate mindset and transformation coach at Ignite Outcomes. She guides her clients in becoming the highest version of themselves and assists them in overcoming their past thoughts and behaviors to become a vibrational match to their desired outcomes in life. Our conversation started with Lauren sharing a little bit about her relationship, and then it totally transformed into us creating a five-step guide to creating a happy relationship. We had so much fun and you can benefit from this conversation, whether you're currently in a romantic relationship, whether you're married with children, whether you're looking for a partner, or even if you're single and wanting it to stay that way. These steps can be applied to any relationship in life and life is all about relationships. So without any further ado, let's dive in. Hi, Lauren. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. And I'm really looking forward to the conversation that we're going to have today where I really want to dive more into relationships today and how to build strong relationships. When you were on the podcast at the beginning of January, you mentioned that you're with your high school sweetheart. You married him, you have children together, and you said something that was, you know, that really struck me because you said that dating your high school sweetheart and marrying, you know, having a life with your high school sweetheart is actually really hard. And I always thought, wow, how cute, how romantic being with your high school sweetheart. Like they, you know, love at first sight, happily ever after kind of thing. I never actually really considered that, whoa, that can actually be so difficult because as you're growing, you're learning more about yourself and you're wanting maybe to take different directions. But then when you're in a relationship, then you're kind of with someone else and you have to make sure that where you're going kind of fits with what they want to do or pulling someone along, like the balance between the two has to be so hard when you're trying to grow. So I'm wondering if you can share with us a little bit more about like what that journey was like for you, you know, meeting your high school sweetheart and marrying him and life now. (laughs) Yes, I would love to. And thank you for having me back on. I felt really honored for you to ask me to do this again. So I'm super grateful to be here. 
Um, we were 16 and dated a year. He was great. We, he said all the right things, did all the right things, was very loving, all of that stuff. Um, you know, in the beginning, everything's fun and easy. Um, fast forward a year later, when I was 17, my parents got divorced. And so that was really hard for me. And to walk through that and just, um, cause I was old enough to understand some things, but you know, when you're that age, you think you understand more than you really do and all of the things. And so, um, that was a challenge, a challenging situation. And so he, I, I turned to him for my happiness. I noticed, you know, and our relationship was like my escape. That was my out. And I was begging him our senior year. I was like, can we just get married? Can we just, you know, start a family. And he's like, Oh no. <laughs> and um, I had a little different drive about me for that, you know? And so we got married and the, you know, we did the college thing, got married and then um, had our first baby at 20, we got married at 23, had our first baby at 26, another one at 29, another one at 32 and uh, 33. I don't know, like how old are <laughs> What year is this? Um, so yeah, it's been kind of, a, uh, it's been fun. It's been good. Uh, it's been, we've learned a lot through it and yeah, I, I then took um, the, over the past two years, you know, took personal development and started working on myself. Um, I had some health issues that I was really working through, uh, have a nursing background. So understanding the physical body was very interesting to me. And then once I started putting the emotional, the mental, the spiritual pieces together, um, connecting them with my body and really understanding how all that works, it was fascinating to me. And so I learned a lot about my value and my worth and my happiness and that I get to choose that. And in fact, in our book, you know, one of my chapters is remember choice. I forgot I had a choice. You know, we don't have to relive our past over and over. We can rewire different thought patterns in our mind and we can choose different things. And so, um, you know, my husband, he to depend on anyone to make us happy. is That's too big of a request for anyone you know, they're not God and they are not us. And so they cannot fulfill us in, in that capacity, especially not long-term. So when he decided to do, to fulfill things in his own life, and he decided that, you know, he had a different idea of fun or he had a different idea of whatever it may be. Um, and he pursued some of his own things. And then I was not happy. So he, but he couldn't make me happy enough. So I think eventually a person quits trying because it's not working. Um, that's a dead end road, you know, and it can be very, uh, disheartening and not very much hope in that. And so, um, anyhow, I started really to look into myself of my own happiness. How can I cultivate my own happiness within me? Because when two healthy, happy, whole people come together, you can then contribute to your relationship instead of always taking. Um, and so, finding that within ourselves and being able to cultivate that within us instead of it coming from an outside source is huge. It's so huge. And that will carry you long-term because then you're not waiting for something outside of you for a person outside of you to make you happy or that next circumstance to make you happy. You know, when you graduate college, you'll be happy when you're doing your career. You'll be happy when you have your baby. You'll be happy when whatever it may be, you know, you get the new house or you get the promotion or you, whatever, it doesn't matter because you can get all of that and be there and still not be happy. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was very 
eye-opening once I started studying myself to realize, okay, what makes me happy? And then what doesn't make me happy? And then, okay, does that really have the power to make me feel something or do I choose to feel that? You know, and how can I create more of that? And so, and yeah, that's kind of where our story began. Um, And so if you can imagine a person relying on another person to fulfill them, um, that didn't go so well all the time. And so um, fast forward to, it was after our first baby, I think. I don't know. So anyhow, Emerson Egrich, doesn't really matter when. (laughs) It's all a blur now. (laughs) Yes, it really is. Some days I'm like, oh my gosh. And then other days it seems like yesterday. Um, He has a conference called Love and Respect, a, a book called Love and Respect. And that was fascinating. Uh, he, we went to the conference. I asked my husband, I said, you, do you want to go to this thinking he would probably say no. So for any wives out there, if there's something you feel that would benefit you in your marriage with your spouse, whatever it may be, but you fear them saying no, just ask anyways, <laughs> cause you're, it's going to be no, unless you actually ask, <laughs> you've already said it's no. So, right. That's so true. <laughs> yes. You might as well try. Um, and then instead of asking them like for their permission to go. I more so said, there's this conference I'm thinking about going. I think we should go together. You know, if, if I had already made my mind up that I, I was probably going to go, but I asked him in a respectful way still of more of his blessing. And would you come with me? Um, so yeah, we went to that and it, it totally rocked my world. So in the Bible, it says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Well, that sounds doable. You know, he loved the church. That sounds like a sacrificial love. That sounds unconditional. That sounds like what we're supposed to do. And they said, wives, respect your husbands. So when I think about respect, the fact, the thought of unconditional respect, of a sacrificial kind of respect, that was so new to me. It was so different. And I at first didn't want to accept it because I was like, well, what if he does things that are not respectful? Then how do I respect him? Well, what if I do things that are unlovable? How does he love me? And how does all of this work? And so I also realized something within myself of going to that conference. And um, I realized that I hadn't loved me yet. Like really loved me and valued me and saw my worth. And so even though he was trying to give that to me, I wasn't accepting of it. And um, he asked me one night, why don't you just let me love you? And I said, I don't know why. <laughs> I just don't know. And so I really had to learn to love myself. And it's really hard for a person to be happy if they don't feel love for themselves. So all of this ties together. Um. So anyhow, the, you know, the, the love thing and, and he, Um, Emerson teaches, you know, how our perceptions are different, how men see things differently than women and women really crave love for the most part. And men really crave respect. Well, women tend to give love because that's our nature and men tend to give respect because that's their nature. But I don't always want, I, I appreciate respect, but I really want love, you know, and I had to give that to me first though. And so, and same with him. If he really wants respect, but he never sees himself as a respectable man, it doesn't matter if he's being given it. He has to see himself as that. So, yes, I do believe in still giving it anyways, 
you know, that was one thing Emerson talked about was the crazy cycle. We get in this cycle and a lot of times fear brings about the cycle. Um, when we're in fear, that is an antidote to, or not an antidote, the, I don't know what the word, the opposite, you know, it, it goes against love. Fear goes against love because perfect love casts out fear. So they don't go together. It goes against respect. We act in different ways when we're in a state of fear. And so when we can um, love them anyways, even if maybe they're, or respect them anyways, even if they're in fear and they can love us anyways, even if we're acting out of fear, someone has to go first to break that cycle. And so you give it anyways, no matter what. So giving Mm -hmm. unconditional respect was way new and different for me. And I had to learn what made him feel respected. And the best way to learn that is just to ask what makes you feel respected. You know, one of the huge things was the way I talked about him in public, you know, or with our friends or, you know, like not making jokes, even if other people make jokes, like I need to be respectful. Um, just so many different ways, you know, and, and it's different for each person, just as we are, you know, it's different when we love the way we feel loved, you know, it can be words, it can be gifts, it can be time spent, it can be whatever that looks like. Um, so just asking the other person, what makes you feel that way? And then giving them that, that stops the crazy cycle, because just like we, as coaches, we believe in people before they believe in themselves. So when we can, create, I think of it like a bubble, you know, and just create a space around them of respect. I see them in respect, um, just visualizing a space of respect around someone for them to grow into that, just as he was giving me love. And I finally grew into it, but I really grew into it once I did it for myself and I gave it to myself. I loved me. Then I could really accept the love from someone else. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love that you brought up the point of Emerson and, and that because the way that I see love is different than the way someone else sees love and how they want to be loved and, and even respected. And, you know, uh, as you were talking in that your husband ended up going to this conference with you. And I'm glad that you say, like, I wasn't aware of, I didn't love myself yet. So I wasn't able to receive that love because in my head, I was thinking, well, isn't that an act of love? Like he went to the conference with you, (laughs) but if you're not open to it, if you're not on the vibration of love, well, it's never going to come and meet you there. Right. We know, and we teach that you have to match the frequency of what you want. And so if you're not on the frequency of love, like how is it even going to, to reach your awareness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be all around you and you can totally miss it. Well, exactly. Yeah. And so communication with your partner is the number one to really understand like where they're coming from, so can you tell us like how how can someone go about doing that? I mean, I know it's basic, like it's as simple as a question to your partner, but sometimes it can feel like really big if you're not really ready, let's say, to maybe love yourself or haven't really done that self-development work. Um, I mean, I think about myself because I think like in previous situations and relationships where it almost feels like there's a block or like a wall on my heart. Like I literally, like I can't move forward. Like it's almost too vulnerable for me to admit that maybe I made a mistake and I'm not loving them the way that they want to be loved. And so like, how would you suggest 
initiating that. Initiating the conversation? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Honestly, I think go within first, because even though you might have the conversation and think and think to yourself, okay, when I ask this person, like, what makes you feel loved? Am I going to have an answer for what makes me feel loved? If I don't even feel love for myself and I can't answer the question of what makes me feel loved or what makes me feel happy. So like you said, vibrational frequency is huge. And I think a lot of it too is recognizing our worth and our value that we are worthy of love and we are capable of loving other people. If we don't see that within ourselves, like you said, we'll repel it. It can be right there, but we will repel it because we are not a vibrational match um, to that. So even though, you know, we're going to attract experiences based off our beliefs about ourselves. So if we believe that we're unlovable or that we're unworthy or that even, I mean, honestly, for me, something as simple as I'm too busy <laughs> or, you know, um, distraction is a huge one for me. I, I, <laughs> which, and I'm working through that belief, even myself, um, you know, that I am focused, I am clear, all of those things. But when we have these underlying beliefs or whether they stem from us or a past experience or from someone else, whatever it may be, when that's there, like you said, it is a literal block and it doesn't matter. Cause I can tell you what makes me feel loved. Maybe it's gifts and, and maybe he gets me a gift and I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. Now I'm too busy. I need to go do these things. I didn't stop to appreciate it and to let it in and to soak in the love and to just like bask in it for a minute, you know, and, and soak in that moment because I moved on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing I wasn't feeling. That's another thing. I, I had blocked so many feelings out of my life because I didn't want to deal with them. A and B, I felt like I didn't have time for that and whatever. And so I had to work through a lot of feelings first before I could really open myself up to being loved and even to putting myself out there, um, you know, in things like this podcast or coaching people or anything like that. I had to work through stuff and the way I worked through it, I couldn't avoid it. I had to go through it. So I didn't want to feel sad. I didn't want to feel angry. I didn't want to feel hurt or disappointed. I didn't want to feel all of that, but here's the thing. I had to feel that to, and to let all that surface and come up. Because it was so suppressed, it was hardened. And so when it started moving around, the energy started moving around within me. I got very uncomfortable because I started feeling the sadness. I started feeling the anger and I did not want to do that. I wanted to avoid it and it to go away, but it doesn't go away. It's energy. It's all energy. And it's just asking to be changed and transformed into something different. And a lot, that can happen through forgiveness and love. You for love on that, you it's just like an atomic bomb. It's just matter. It's nothing. It's sitting there. It's not doing anything until a catalyst comes in and boom, it changes everything. I think that's what love and forgiveness does for us um, with our past traumas or feelings or emotions, anything that we're trying to work through. When we can see it through that lens and that perspective, that can start changing energy and moving it forward into what would we love? You know? If we feel sadness and anger about things, okay, well, what would we love to feel about that? You know, and we can reprogram everything in our mind. We can even, we can reprogram it in our imagination as, you know, instead of focusing on all the things I didn't like about my childhood, what if I looked back and looked for the things I did like and appreciate those? And then, okay, once I've done that, I'm done with it. Let's move forward. You know, because I lived in that year and I lived in my 17 year old mind for 15 years. 
I lived in that state of being for 15 years of who I was at that moment because it was a very emotionally impactful time for me. So Joe Dispenza talks a lot about emotional impact and we can do this in our own mind. So I could create a whole new picture and a whole new story in my mind with a different emotion and then act on that. And so it's, it's so powerful um, what our mind can do. So we can recreate a whole different story in our mind to believe, or we can hold on to that, but the past isn't real. Did it happen? Yes. And not to invalidate people's feelings. It did happen. It's created us to who we are now and all of that, but it's not real unless we bring it with us. What's real is right now and what we choose right now in this moment. And then what we choose to carry on with us forward. So it's, it's a lot of it is based off what we want to believe. That was a very long yeah. way of answering your question. <laughs> no, it, it was good. It went really deep. And I love that we're really, you know, diving into everything has to start within yourself first. And that's really what this entire podcast, I mean, it's titled Empower From Within. It's all about that. <laughs> everything really stems from within, right? We can't love someone without loving ourselves first. We can't really forgive someone if we can't really forgive ourselves. You know, everything that we perceive in our world, like it's all coming through our five senses and then we're projecting it back out. So we're literally experiencing ourselves expressed outwards. And so it's all just experiencing ourselves. So anything that we want to create, we have to start cultivating within ourselves first. As you're talking, I'm kind of feeling inclined, like I would love to give listeners kind of like the steps or recipes to create a happy, loving relationship. And so I think it's safe to say, you know, step one, get to know yourself first and get to know, get to love yourself. Step two, I'm going to go out and say, communicate with your partner. What do you think? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Because once you're clear, I think it was Angie Tomlinson that says um, clarity is kindness. So once you're clear on you and who you are and your love for you and and you've taken time to quiet your mind, for me, that's huge. My my mind can, but when I take time to quiet my mind and go within of who I am, you know, then I can communicate clearly too. Because sometimes when our mind is a mess, our communication is a mess. And then there's just a a mess out here going on that we're all trying to work through. (laughs) So being clear on your intentions, on what you're saying, on what do you desire? You know, when we um, skip around and, you know, be around the bush, as they say, oh, you know, it'd be nice if you, uh, whatever, like, no, it really helps me when you do the dishes. I really appreciate that. That's clear. That's not rude. That is being clear, you know, thank you. Showing appreciation, that type of thing. So yes, definitely going within and getting clarity and then um, presenting it in a, a clear way when you do have conversation, you know, actually getting to the point. And and because sometimes I noticed when we were younger, we would have week long conversations about the same thing over and over again and not actually get anywhere, you know? And so either have the conversation or don't, but only focus on what you want and, and not bring up the past over and over again. And when we can have a perception of what it is that we desire moving forward, and that's what we are both focused on That's really powerful. I think that's what we do when we're younger. We decide what we want. We focus on it, you know, and then 
life happens and sometimes things don't work out and whatnot. And then we're stuck looking at the past of how it didn't work out. Well, what's going to happen in the future? <laughs> we know, what can we do now and moving forward? Can we believe that we can? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, that's so good. And don't bring the blame into the conversation. And mm-hmm. yeah, because then that is regurgitating to the past. Um, I think, I almost think you need to transcend the ego to have those real conversations, like a recognize your partner as a person, as a human being, an individual. And I think Lauren, you mentioned that even in the first episode or the first time we were talking, I don't know if it got into the episode, but you know, that you recognize your husband, like he is, God made that man, you know? And Mm -hmm. and that's the thing, God made each of us, we're all individuals too. So when we look at them and we look at our partner as that, you know, objectively, let's not put all our perceptions and our needs and our hurts onto that. Let's just look at them. Like, who are you? And clear that out of the way and no blaming in the, in the conversation, because then when we get there and the ego comes back in and it's like, you did that. And then that resistance, that wall comes up. Well, I'm not going to change if you're not going to change. And someone just has to be willing to take that first step. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I think too, sometimes too, you know, as you, if we go further in life and there are things that come up, sometimes you can get, we all can get very emotionally involved and there can be pain emotionally. And so it's hard to have some conversations without having the emotion attached to it. So I think having a third person there to help direct conversation, to help, um, take the egos out, you know, because sometimes it's hard for us to take our own ego out. <laughs> and then the emotion gets worked up. And then when emotion starts to rise, everything starts going haywire. And there we are back in that cycle. The Emerson calls it the crazy cycle. And so um, I do think having a third person there to walk us through conversations, you know, to say, not to say you're in the wrong here and you're in the wrong there and you're doing this and whatever, but just to manage emotions and to help get everything on the table and sort it out to where there is clarity. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because that was actually in the back of my mind. And I was going to bring up therapy, couples therapy. I have been hearing about that over and over. And I actually talked to Justin. I'm like, Hey, we should try a couples therapy. Justin's my boyfriend. FYI, (laughs) that seems random, but (laughs) so I was telling him, I'm like, we should go to couples therapy. Not that we really need to, not that there's Mm -hmm. anything that we're really trying to, to, to get through right now, but I think it would just be a great experience. And like, I'm just curious about, about it, you know, and really, um, knowing ourselves, getting to know one another on like that deeper level. So I love mm-hmm. it. So you're yeah, for couples therapy. Yes. Yes. I definitely think it's helpful. And I mean, do, we did premarital counseling and, you know, different things like that. And so, yeah, I definitely, definitely think, especially like I said, as time goes on as, and as emotions can build around certain things, if you're and if you're wanting to have conversations and work through things and yes, a, a third party, I, and, and I think be careful about who you choose also, you know, um, and how they're going to impact your relationship. Mm-hmm. And then moving on from that, I'm thinking of another step is gratitude journaling, because when we can have gratitude for our partner, we can look for the good in them. And part of my gratitude journaling is sending love, whether it be to him or to someone else, you know, or sending forgiveness or sending, you know, even things that I wish to see in him. Maybe it's a peace of mind for him, or maybe it's, um, clarity on his, what he's doing moving forward, or maybe it's 
whatever, whatever I would love for him and love to see for him. I journal that out and I write it and I take a minute to feel it and to see him in that way. And I do the same for myself. Sometimes I send love to myself, you know, and I put all the things that I desire to see in me. And that just, it helps so much to bring us back to, to what are we focusing on and how do we want to see them? Because yes, it's just like you said earlier, you know, they are a creation of God. And sometimes I would treat other people better than I would treat him or even better than I would treat myself. You know, the voice in my head, if I, if anyone ever talks to my kids, the way I talk to myself in my head, mama bear would come out and light you up. Like It would not happen, you know? And so, um, I just think really paying attention to what our thought processes are and how we are seeing them. That has helped me tremendously because we go, we go through things. Like I said, fear, fear, when fear comes in, it turns us into, to what we're not. When we take fear off, we can be so powerful, so impactful, so a force to be reckoned with, you know, in a good way. Um, but when fear creeps in, people act in different ways. And so, um, really seeing them for who we know they are mm-hmm. and helping them like hold that space for them as they work through things, because I promise you, you were someone long enough, they're going to go through things and you're going to go through things, you know, and he loved me at my worst times too, you know, he, and he was there for me. And I think being there for them, being that presence as well, you know, even if, you don't have to say a lot. I think as women, we want to talk a lot. Sometimes mm-hmm. they just want our presence there and we don't have to right. talk or fix them. We can let them walk through their experience of life in the same sense that we also get to walk through our own experience of life. And so having that freedom within your relationship too, of letting them, I used to try to control things, you know, I would try to control situations and, you know, all of that. And so once I kind of stepped back a little bit and I realized by me trying to control things, that's not helping anyone. And honestly, it's just creating resistance. No one wants to be controlled. No one wants to be told what to do and how to do it and what time they should be doing it and all of that. We want our freedom. And I, I wanted to start attracting his love again, not demanding it, I wanted him to want me and want to love me and want to be with me because I was fun, because I loved myself, because I felt worthy and valuable, because I was confident, because all the reasons. Um, but that can't happen until I become that person. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, yeah. And, and letting them, if they, if they're walking through a season of life, let them, you don't have to stop their pain or their hurt or their problem. Sometimes we need that. Just with my kids, you know, there's times that I've let them, I told you not to climb on that, you know, and, and I, I tell them and they go do it anyways. And sometimes I let them because I'm like, well, they're going to have to learn their own lesson. Tough you know, love. they think, yes, yes. <laughs> but you know what? After they did the thing that they might've fell off and got a bruise, they didn't climb on it anymore, you know, or whatever it may be, but I mean, there's things that I've had to walk through myself too, but I wouldn't be who I was if I didn't have the opportunity to go through it. So allowing them their experience expression of life is, is huge. And then being <laughs> grateful for them, seeing them as you wish they would are, you know, and, and taking time to then have that conversation to figure out 
you know, what makes you feel loved or what makes you feel respected. And then doing that, even if you have to write it in your calendar that on this day, I need to do this or on this day, I need to do that um, to where it is important to you. You know, Tony Robbins says that people will stay stuck in their pain or their problem until they find something they value more than their pain or their problem. Is your relationship more important than your problem? Is your relationship more important than whatever, you know? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm glad that you brought up values because that was something else that I was thinking about. And um, Justin and I actually recently did kind of like a, an exercise on this where we wrote down, so we, you know, we went our separate ways and we wrote down what we value in life. And that took a while. Like we really reflected, reflected back, like on our, our whole life and like every chapter of our life, like middle school, high school, like, you know, college years, business, like what, what was the overall, like, what do I value? It was really like a self-discovery exercise too. But then we came back, we regrouped and we said, this is me. These are my values. What are your values? They weren't the same wording. We didn't use the same words to describe it, but a lot of them were the same. And then it was like, okay, great. So like now we actually want to build a similar future together. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we, you know, got into like, okay, what can we create together? Like as a couple moving forward. And I think that's an awesome, like relationship strengthening exercise. Have you guys ever done anything like that? Yeah. When we did our premarital counseling, yes. Okay. We went, okay. And, you know, wrote out things. I think it's good to revisit that too, yeah. because 10 years may go by and you may value something more now or something different may come in. And then this thing that you used to value so much might not mean as much anymore. And so that changes. So that, I think that's yeah. really cool. And I think that's really um, something to continue updating you know, every couple of years or something. That's really, yeah, cool. total, because we're never going to stop growing. Right. We're always going to be expanding in awareness. And when we do, we're going to, we're going to start to lose interest in some things, which isn't a bad thing and gain interest in other things. I feel like, you know, the awareness is kind of like your awareness now is the cap of what you can see, but as you, you know, expand in awareness, um, you're going to start to see things and possibilities that you couldn't have even fathomed before having gained that. And so, you know, we're, we are always for growth and we're always expanding and mm-hmm. what we're interested in is always going to change. And we need to allow ourselves to do that and also allow our partner to do that also. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is huge. And one more thing I would say is forgiveness. Forgiveness is crucial. Um, I knew very early on that I was going to marry my husband because the, one of the first arguments we ever had, he said, you know, he apologized for hurting my feelings. And he said, will you forgive me? I was like, oh my goodness, no one has ever actually asked me that. Like the words never came out of their mouth. And I knew at that moment, if I can forgive him and he can forgive me and we can be humble enough to ask that of each other, we can get through anything. And so I think that, and that sets us free to move forward. Um, and one thing that was told to me is, you know, when something really hurts to forgive and it's really hard, um, the best way I have found is the affirmation that I forgive for no other reason than to free myself. Mm-hmm. I could start That's there with something from way in my past. I started with that. And then I got to the point where after that, I could forgive that actual person. But I that's where I had to start. So that was very, very helpful for me, too. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I mean, I love it, Lauren. We got, we got a big list here. We got like, I don't think they really need to be done in order besides the personal development work, because everything does stem from within. And so whenever you're trying to change something in your external world, I think, and I, and I know you, you believe it too. It has to start from within. And so, you know, step one, start from within, but I think like the communication and expressing gratitude, forgiving your partner, um, sharing each other's values, you know, no, let me redo that. I think <laughs> number one, <laughs> personal <so> work. <laughs> number two, I'd say communication, right? Because you need to know where you guys both stand. Um, and then the other one, you know, expressing gratitude for one another, forgiving, forgiving, and working mm -hmm. together on some values and maybe some, some goals. What do you yes, think? and making time for each other. I will say making time yes. for each other. I would probably move forgiveness okay. up to, okay. I would work on the self and then forgiveness. And that's how I do it okay. in my courses is forgiveness. We become aware of where we are and then forgiveness comes in because until we forgive, we're not free to really create anything because we still have that thing sitting there that has yet to be forgiven or blessed and released or whatever the wording is people want to use for it. Things have to be let go of before we're free to move forward in creating something new and different in having that conversation to create a life we would love and our values and all that. Um, once we're free from our past, then we can really move forward um, in that. Mm -hmm. and so, yeah. And then, like I said, making time for each other, because after having kids um, as a mom, you're very attached to that, that baby, that baby literally depends on you for their life. <laughs> and it's a big role to step into that. I did not realize how that would change me as a person um, when the mom came out. <laughs> so uh, I, I got very wrapped up in my babies for a long time. And I'd say that first year is, and I hope that the dads out there can recognize that too, that mom isn't trying to ignore you. Mom feels a very big sense of duty to fulfill keeping a human alive. And she's probably scared to death. <laughs> It, and she doesn't know what she's doing, especially first time mom. We don't know what we're doing. We're figuring it out. And in the world today, in the culture today, with all the social media and all the things, there's there's million different ways to do it and a million different judgments of which one's right and which one's wrong and which one works and which one doesn't. And it's so much pressure on a mom and I'm sure on a dad too. But as a mom, we really go in and, and our attention gets taken off of this spouse here that we have loved and nurtured and all those things. And then all of our love, all of our nurturing goes into this little soul that cannot survive more than like two hours without us, you know, if they're nursing or whatever. And so it's a huge role. And I had to really um, learn how to come back into being a wife and back into my marriage and giving him time and attention and love and all of those things. And so um, really making time for that person. One last quick thing. Um, a, a client of mine was telling me one time that to really nurture my marriage right now, even when our kids are little, because once they're gone and graduated and you're empty nesting, then you have to relearn how to have a relationship again if you didn't maintain it through all the years with your kids. So that really stuck out to my mind is to continue in your friendship, continue in, you know, your relationship and, and the romantic side of it and each side of it, because one day those kids aren't going to be there. It's just going to be you two again. Are you, are you going to love them? Are you going to enjoy them? Are you 
you're going to have so much separation between the two of you that you don't even know who you are anymore. So that was, I would pass that along. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's powerful. Yeah. One day it'll just be like, are you with a stranger? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm super happy that uh, we had this conversation today, Lauren. Thank you so much for being here and for you know sharing all of this with us. Do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Yes. Um, thank you so much for having me too. I super, super appreciate it. And I've enjoyed it so much. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Lauren Lowrance, L-O-W-R-A-N-C-E. And I also have a Facebook group called Ignite Outcomes. And then my Instagram page is there as well. And so that's where you can find me. I seriously love everything about this call. So to recap, here are the five steps to creating a happy relationship. One, start within. Get to know yourself. Develop self-awareness to become aware of where you are and how are you getting the results you're getting. We're creating our life experience based on our beliefs and perception of our experience. If we want to make any changes, we have to begin within ourselves by changing our perspective or our point of view and by questioning our beliefs. Step two, forgive. Offer forgiveness to your partner, but also to yourself. Lauren shared a great affirmation on the call. And when you're finding yourself having a hard time forgiving someone, you can say, I forgive for no other reason than to free myself. Forgiveness isn't the same as forgetting, and you're still going to be aware of what happened, and there's still going to be learning from the experience, but you're not going to let that memory negatively affect you anymore. Step three, communicate. Take the time to communicate with your partner and present your ideas in a clear and honest way. Everyone is different. And your expectations of love or respect may not be the same as your partner's. It's important to communicate those expectations together so that you understand where you're both coming from. Step four, gratitude. Express gratitude for your partner. Let them know you appreciate them. There's always something to be grateful for. Step five, make time for each other. In today's busy world, it can be really difficult to spend quality time with your partner. And by quality time, I mean you and your partner, distraction-free, meaning cell phones are put away too. You can even schedule it in your calendar ahead of time if you need to. And you can use this time to create goals for the future together. It could be a really fun time. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode as much as I did. And I hope that you benefit from this five-step guide to creating a happy relationship. I would love to hear your takeaways. And if you feel called, please leave a review to let me know all about them. You can find all links in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for being here. I hope you got just as much value out of today's episode as I did. If you feel called, please share this episode with someone who you feel would benefit from the conversations we had. It's going to help us reach more people. And this is one way that we can all help empower each other from the inside out.